hard for the way, man. In a coupe transform, no Tyrese. Hello, goodbye, where are you, Wayne? Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. It is a Tuesday episode, the second show of the week, but it feels like the beginning of a new week because... We had Bucks minicamp the first day of practice. That means we saw Tom Brady. That means we saw Leonard Fournette. That means we saw Mike Evans and a lot of the other starters. Now, not every single person was there, and we will get into that, but there is a ton to break down from day one of Bucks minicamp. My name is Matt Matera, and joined with me is SR Scott Reynolds. Scott, we were both there today along with JC Allen, also of yeah. PeterReport.com. A lot of great stuff, a lot of great press conference, interview, questions and answers after that too. So uh, I don't know how you're feeling, but I'm feeling pretty good about what went on today. Well, this show, as always, is energized by Celsius. So that that's that's an important thing. The, the other thing, Matt, is, is um, you know, I, we talked about this yesterday. Yesterday was, was a really good show. We actually felt like yesterday's show is probably the best show we've done. I, I really feel good about this one. This could be the, the very best Peter Report podcast episode we've ever done. So better uh, than best, it, it probably will be. So buckle up, Bucks fans. We're we're appreciating uh, all of the fans that that have joined us and that will join us here in the next hour. We got a lot to talk about. We have a lot of clips to show you too from uh, from the Bucks uh, press conferences, and we heard from Todd Bowles today. We also heard from new Buccaneer defensive tackle Akeem Hicks, as well as Ryan Jensen and Leonard Fournette. And uh, so it was. Definitely an action-packed uh, show today. We're going to drop a couple of stories in the links for you, uh, one of which was just published, and that's on defensive tackles, Akeem Hicks, Vita Vea, Logan Hall, all being some big players and probably will be some big problems for upcoming opponents. So we'll drop that in the, the chat for you as well. But, Matt, let's talk about – um, the players who either weren't there or weren't practicing today, uh, we have a, a an insider report up on pewterreport.com, and I'll link that here, Matt, if you want to begin with with a, a notable absence and then some players that were there in attendance but weren't practicing due to injury. Yeah, I think there were a couple notable absences. Um, we kind of knew Chris Godwin wasn't going to be practicing, nor was uh, Levante David. Now, Levante was out on the field. He was like watching and witnessing practice where we didn't see Chris Godwin um, at all. And then a couple other players that were out there, but they were not practicing either from when we were at OTAs. That was tight end Kate Otten, linebacker Grant Stewart. Russell Gage, while he did not practice, when the quarterbacks were all warming up, he was catching a lot of the the, the throws that were were going to him. So he was moving yeah. around. I, from I'm sure Tom Brady, was, he was he was catching passes from yes. Tom Brady. Yes, he was. Uh, we had a video. We had a video on our Twitter as well too. It was Tom Brady warming up, but he was throwing to Russell Gage. So yeah. Gage did not practice, but he was active um, in that sense of it. So those players we kind of you know overall expected because Levante's got the foot issue. Chris Godwin's obviously coming back from an ACL injury. We knew that um, Kate Otten is recovering from ankle surgery. So that wasn't too much of a surprise. There was one player that a a rookie this year that obviously got drafted. We've seen him every single day of practice. He was not there today though. And that was running back Rashad white. He was not a practice for personal reasons. He was excused. Todd Bowles said he'll be back tomorrow. So nothing to worry about there. Just, 
missing one day of practice will be right, right. back at it. Don't hold me to it, but the the word that I got, an unofficial word, is that he was attending a funeral today because he was at the facility yesterday, being Monday, and then will be back tomorrow, being Wednesday. So I believe his flight was today, and the, the funeral, he's expected to be back tomorrow. So um, no worries there, no issues. You're going to see Rashad White catching passes from Tom Brady tomorrow for the first time. As Brady was back, and you know he, uh, let's face it, um, Tom Brady did not look like a guy that a was forty-four years old, b that had spent any time on the couch this off-season, or c had retired from the game for for forty days. I mean, this this guy was was sharp. Uh, only had one pass that was intercepted, and that was by Mike Edwards. He's going to get you, man. I mean, Mike Edwards, stickiest fingers on this team, and stepped in front of a pass. Intended for Mike Evans, so uh, it's it's no crime when you're victimized by Mike Edwards because that's just what he does, Matt. That's all we've seen from Mike Edwards, and I thought it was important too because uh, Mike, again, we've talked about it a lot. Where not only just the contract year, but the fact that he gets to be a, a full time starter, and it's tough for the secondary right now in general. Especially, I, I had this theory before too, and I, I said this, and I don't have the stats to back it up. But I feel like Tom Brady throws more of his interceptions in practice in seven-on-sevens than he does in 11-on-11s, which is yeah. odd because you have way more of an advantage when it's when it's seven-on-seven. Seven. There's no pass rush. You don't have to worry yeah. about it, and receivers are more likely to get open. But, you know, it's one of those things, first day back at practice, Mike Edwards has been in OTAs. He's been practicing. He's obviously yeah. trying to earn that that starting role that the Bucs are planning on giving him this year. But to your point, Brady – only had what four incompletions and one of them was the interception he had an incompletion early on it was a deep ball to Jalen Darden that Brady overthrown a little bit and I looked away for a brief moment so I can't like 100 percent say unequivocally that it was Tom Brady but I heard someone yell after dropping an f-bomb and yeah if I had to bet I would say it was Tom Brady angry with himself yeah. for overthrowing Jalen Darden there. But yeah. after that, Brady was, you know, the same guy that we've all come to expect. And obviously we have very high expectations of him. And he seems to meet it every single time. You know, the interesting thing about Jalen Darden, and we've seen this now a couple of times, keep in mind that you know, Matt and I have been out there every time. J.C. Allen's been out there. Uh, Bailey Adams has been out there a couple of times. But Matt and I have been out there to every open practice. And there's been three open OTA practices the team's uh, mini camp is going to be open this entire week. So we'll get today, we'll get Wednesday, we'll get Thursday to really look at this team. But Jalen Darden, for whatever reason, right, there was that overthrow to uh, to Darden from Blaine Gabbert uh, yeah. a week or two ago. And, you know, you go back to like vintage Scotty Miller, who was a deep threat on this team. And for whatever reason, it, Miller would get those balls, right? They weren't overthrown. Mm. He would track them. I, I'm just not sure. There's something that with Darden, and he has caught a couple of deep passes. He caught a nice one from Trask a couple of weeks ago, Matt. But there's something about Jalen Darden it, that these quarterbacks just have not calibrated his speed. Either he's not as fast as they're anticipating he is, or quarterbacks just putting too much on it. But it's just different. You would see Scotty Miller with, with a higher connect rate on some of those deep passes. And we just have seen some misfires with Darden. Now, Brady did have a nice intermediate range throw to Darden 
to kind of make up for it. But these are some bombs down the field that for whatever reason, you know, Darden's just not getting to those passes. And we're not exactly sure why that is. I first want to point out, too, that uh, one of the players I forgot to mention, Scotty Miller did not practice today. He was there on the field, but he was watching. He did not right. participate. And that concerns me a little bit because we said that Scotty's putting it all together. And even Todd Bowles said a, a week or two ago, he said, yeah, Scotty's done everything that we've asked of him. It's just a matter of staying healthy. So who knows? Maybe this is a one-day thing, but Scotty did not practice yeah. today. So we saw Jalen Darden in that Scotty Miller role. I mean, they did an end around to, to Jalen yeah. Darden early on, utilizing that speed. And you mentioned the touchdown. Uh, well, it actually ended up being a touchdown. You mentioned that Tom Brady threw yeah. pass across the middle to Jalen Darden. Darden caught it in stride and then kept breaking it, keep going sideways and then up the field. And that was cool to see with his speed there too. Yeah. But yeah, something as far as just the deep ball down the field, as you mentioned, Something is just slightly a little bit off. Can it yeah. get changed? Absolutely. I'm not, you know, freaking out over it right now right. in minicamp when training camp hasn't even gotten here yet in, yeah. in late July and into yeah. the summer. But th there's something where Darden is getting open. And, you know, we yeah. don't really know if that's on the overthrows, if that's on, you know, Brady or if yeah. it's Darden is supposed to do something running a little a bit precise different. route. Yeah, with, exactly. With but, no, but, listen, but you're right. making a mistake. He's getting open. He is getting open. He's he's beating the defense. So we are seeing that. And I just don't know if he needs like a little bit of, of an extra oomph or not, right? To to get those passes complete for touchdowns. I mean, these are big plays. He's open. They're just overthrows. And now we've seen it a couple times, Gabbard, and now we saw it with Brady. But I know when I want a little extra oomph, there's there's one thing I turn to, Matt, and that's the title sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. Uh, that is Celsius. And Matt's rocking the peach vibe today. And listen, folks, there are some fantastic vibe flavors, the newest of which is the Arctic vibe. The peach vibe is, is a fantastic choice. The tropical vibe is always a hit. There's so many great fruit flavors that you can get in Celsius. And they come in, in a wide variety and assortment of flavors. Every new one they put out, strawberry lemonade's a new one. It's just a hit. But folks, sometimes, you know, you may not want something that's too sweet or fruity or whatever. And I'll tell you what, Matt, I've had two Celsius today, getting ready for my, my post-podcast workout, and I rocked the sparkling lime cucumber Ooh. today. Now, this is a different flavor because it's it's a, it's got cucumbers and limes, man. It's exactly what it tastes like. And this is a stevia flavor. Uh, the, the great thing about this, as with all Celsius products, seven essential vitamins, no preservatives, or artificial flavors or colors, zero sugar. That means no sugar crash. You're getting all the energy that you need to live a fit, healthy lifestyle, that essential energy that you want, whether it's a pick-me-up in the morning to get yourself going for the work day or, or your personal day, or like me in the afternoon getting ready to go to the gym to give me that energy I need. That's where Celsius comes through. The other flavor that I've rocked lately is cola flavor. Folks, if you're a cola, a cola drinker, you got to try the cola flavor. Uh, this this flavor is, I'm not going to name any brand names, but uh, it tastes like cola, and it gives you the same lift of energy that you're going to find at Celsius. So where can you find Celsius? Well, click on the store locator. When you go to Celsius.com, type in your address, you'll find all the different locations where it's around you. Go grab a couple cans and try them. And then once you find the flavors that you like, or maybe you want to try the variety pack, you can do that on Amazon. Go to Amazon.com and type in celsius the great thing is with the subscribe and save option you can you can get them shipped right to your house 
right to your door. And you can save money with the subscribe and save option. So uh, Celsius, a big proud partner of pewterreport.com. We can't recommend it any more than we do. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, make sure you go out and, and get it today. All right, Scott, I don't know what direction you want to go with this because we were just talking about Brady and uh, we can we stay on the quarterbacks too. I don't think yeah. there's absolutely a ton to report with, with Blaine Gabbard and, and Kyle Trask. We well, I'm, I'm just, the only thing I'm going to just stop you right there, Matt, is is and you can just look at Tom Brady right there. Okay, now listen, I know Tom Brady has <laughs> been, he's been, you know, trying to strut his stuff without, you know, any clothes on. He's got the underwear, the Brady brand, right? That, that dropped yesterday. Yep. And, uh, you know, he's, in my opinion, he's trying to look a little bit like Blaine Gabbert. Now, he didn't have the hair. Tom actually got a haircut. But you can just look at Tom Brady and the envy that he has for Blaine Gabbert, who is the best-looking quarterback in the Buccaneers. I mean, the, he's the looking Mueller. right. Yeah, he. I mean, look, it's right hard to it's hard to impress Tom Brady, but Blaine Gabbert has with his, you know, with his looks and with his hair. So kudos to to Blaine Gabbert because. Yeah. Brady's seen it all. He's essentially done it all. But, you know, he still is feeling some type of way when he's looking at Blaine Gabbert. That's a fact. When it comes to Blaine, uh, and listen, I, I was even one, and, and I said this on the show yesterday. I, I was a proponent of, hey, I want to see more Kyle Trask. Uh, I, I, I want this guy to have an opportunity. And so even if it meant fewer reps during mandatory minicamp for Blaine Gabbert, I know Tom's going to get his reps. You can have, you know, Brady and Trask get theirs. But mm -hmm. Blake Abbott was actually in the mix today. So I think Brady probably got a little bit of the lion's share of, of the reps. But then the backup reps were split evenly between Gabbert and Trask. And didn't see any, any interceptions from either Gabbert or Trask today. But Gabbert did have a really nice throw. They did a lot of their work down there at the opposite end of the field. Kind of an obstructed view because the players were in between us, the media, on on the back porch of the Advent Health Training Center and the team itself, they were down there working a lot of red zone drills. The one play we did see that Gabbert had that was quite impressive was he was rolling to his right a little bit under some pressure, and he lofted up a pass kind of like across his body, but it, it was he was like rolling to the right and through to the middle of the field. And Cody McElroy was one-on-one. -on -one against Dee Delaney. Now, earlier in the OTAs, Gabbert tried to kind of high point the ball, throw a, a, a fade pass, a jump ball, if you will, to Cody McElroy, and Dee Delaney got the better of him. Dee Delaney's had a fantastic offseason. Even Todd Bowles admitted that today. But in this particular instance, the six-foot-six reach of McElroy was able to go up over Delaney, pull it down for a touchdown. That was an impressive play by Blaine Gabbert. But again, no mistakes from from Kyle Trask that we saw, and and also Blaine Gabbert too. Uh, both of those guys look pretty good. But you know, Brady stole the show as he should, being the goat. Yeah, Blaine and Kyle Trask were kind of on their best behavior a little bit in terms of um, you know having Tom Brady there. I was pleasantly surprised to see that they did share the the snaps fairly equally in terms of QB two slash. QB three, because I, I really thought at least starting out, I know they want to see a lot from Kyle Trask, yeah. but I could also see the Bucks just setting the tone being like, all right, you know, he Blaine Gabbert is our guy as the second quarterback of uh, that touchdown play to Cody McElroy, I think was so much fun too. It, not even necessarily for what Blaine did, but McElroy, one of the things that 
was a knock on him, at least for OTAs, was that he's a big guy, but he doesn't have that like vertical. Yeah, he doesn't play like, big. He, right? He's not. He's, a, he's not. A, he didn't play big. He's not a physical guy by yeah. any means, but for his size, like he needs to be. So he, he's always been a, a, a solid pass catcher. Yeah, like, we know he can catch the balls, but we want to see that vertical. We want to see him add a little bit more, and we saw that on the touchdown pass from Blaine Gabbert. But I think my favorite play from that day, and uh, again, Dee Delaney was involved, yeah. was the throw to Mike Evans yeah. uh, down the sideline, Tom Brady down the left-hand side. Dee Delaney blanketed Mike Evans. He, he was with him was... step for step. Couldn't cover any better. Stride. Literally the only difference was the height advantage, and it showed why Mike Evans is – the greatest offensive player in Bucks history. Yeah, I mean, it just goes without saying. Delaney got his hand on it, maybe both hands. I don't particularly yeah. remember, but he knocked the ball up, and Mike Evans had to make a juggling catch. Yeah. If he wasn't taller than D. Delaney, right. it would have been gone for an incompletion, maybe even an interception if Delaney yeah. is able to size him up just Matt, a little bit more. Not only is Mike Evans a fantastic scorer, he's also a great rebounder, man. I mean, that's that's what makes him a basketball yes. player on grass at six foot five, is he can go up and get it and he can do those tip drills and come come away with the ball like like a rebound uh coming off the glass. So uh kudos to, to Evans for a fantastic play. Kudos to Der Lutz. Uh, I just want to thank you for your work. We appreciate the super chat. That's that's awesome. Um one one thing that we we we've talked about on Twitter, we asked about today was Leonard Fournette. Let's let's get to it. Tom Brady wasn't the only <laughs> Buccaneer who showed up today after missing the OTAs. Leonard Fournette was in the house. And listen, he's a big back, Matt, but he was a little too large in charge today. When you look at, at uh, you know, the size there, you can see some pudginess around the midsection, Leonard Fournette. And, uh, you know, while he was skipping OTAs, he wasn't skipping too many meals. And that, you know, to Leonard's credit, he owned up to that. And, you know, I, I think that he he admitted he had some some pounds to drop. He has some time to to shed that weight, just like Vita Vea. We kind of pointed that out when we first saw Vita Vea at the OTAs. Some players, they want to enjoy their offseason. They're bigger guys. It does take some time and effort for them to get underweight a little bit. And uh, they have time. Time is on their side. But but uh, it, w- it was cool to hear Leonard be very frank and forthright about it, and, and he addressed it today. Uh, well, I've been able to AP, you know, uh, just working on things like that. You know, uh, obviously I didn't get my weight down, which has always been uh, doing a summer we all get my weight up, and it goes, this is going to come back down. Though. In my, like what I ran overall, like ever? Yeah. You know, I ran like 23 in college. So uh, that's why I have to get my weight down to get back where I want to be. You know, that's definitely one of my my goals right now. You know, uh, the play that we I feel the weight I feel comfortable at. What is that weight, and where are you right now? Uh, like two thirty, I'm at two forty something right now. So definitely two thirty, two twenty, definitely my range. We we saw Tom out there. So that was Leonard Fournette saying what we believe was uh, when we asked him. I asked him where he was at right now, and the media thought that he said two forty something. At first, I thought it was 247. And, and Matt, I wouldn't be surprised if it was 247 because he's he looked big. Um, but and there was also some whispers, too. Peter Report had heard that later in the season, the coaches really weren't thrilled with him, especially when he had some time off of the hamstring. He put some weight on. And 
They felt that that wasn't really optimal for his performance when he came back in the Rams game. He did have a couple touchdowns in that game. The Bucs couldn't really run the ball. And obviously that hamstring was bothering Leonard Fournette too. But you know, for, for a guy that that did get paid, right? I mean, $7 million a year, three-year, $21 million contract. Um, you want him to be in, in great shape, right, Matt? But at the same time, we have to be fair. We can't sound the alarm bells because training camp does not start tomorrow, nor do the Buccaneers hop on a plane and go to Dallas tomorrow. Right. And just for context of the video, when Leonard said AP, he's talking about Anthony Paroli, who's the Bucs uh, strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. So uh, that's who he's talking about with AP. But Scott, you nailed it on the head yesterday when he said, you know, should should may not necessarily should we worry, but, you know, just keep a lookout for Leonard Fournette. He might be a little bit bigger going into, you know, mini camp this year. And lo and behold, there was like four separate occasions while we were watching practice where either someone came up to me or we were just talking with another media member where it was like, is it just me or <laughs> is Leonard Fournette looking a, a little heavier this year, a, a little yeah. bit bulkier? And then the discussion changed to there's two types of fit, thick. There's thick with two C's. Right. And that's a that's a good thick. That's, that's the complimentary thick. Yeah, you know? the complimentary thick. Leonard like, Fournette. Thick lives save lives. You know, that, that's, that's the thing, right? <laughs> yeah. But, Leonard um, Fournette was thick T-H-I-C-K. And yeah. that's not exactly what you want to see. But to your point, Leonard Wait, is. Yeah, his was like thick gut, thick butt, you know? <laughs> right. And I think we <laughs> saw exactly a little bit too, not, not even necessarily with just like his overall size. And I'm not saying he hasn't worked out at all. As he just said, he yeah. was working with AP, but he was definitely laboring today. Just you yeah. know, getting back into that Tampa. He was hot today too. Full practice. It was yeah. very hot. I mean, at one point there was like nine or 10 bucks all taking a knee when mm -hmm. they weren't in on a play. Yeah, some guys looked a little exhausted out there, which I understand. Like, I don't blame them. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be just as tired too yeah. working out. But you know, we're in June. When August yeah. gets here, it's going to be absolutely even worse. And I think we saw that with Leonard too at the beginning. You had noticed that Leonard had dropped some, you know, passes yeah. earlier in practice in more of the the warm up session. And obviously, we know how important Leonard was to yeah. the passing game. Later on in the whole year, but especially later on in the season when Chris Godwin mm -hmm. was out for the rest of the season, I do think he picked it up as it went on a little bit. The, the yeah, goal line session, which was a little bit tough to see because it's all yeah. the way down on the other field and you got guys standing there. He did have a touchdown or two at the goal line. Take right. it for what it is. You know, no one's in pants or anything like sure. that. With all that said, I do think, sure, it might be a little bit of a problem right yeah. now, but Leonard's addressing it head on. I think by training camp yeah preseason I think, I think and he's Brady gonna hear the noise too, too. he's right? gonna hear the noise yeah he know? is he's, he's gonna hear he's, it he's very gonna hear from, from tom brady tom brady's he, gonna get on him you know tom brady's yeah, he, gonna be <laughs> strutting around the internet with with just his brady boxers on his brady briefs you know looking fit at age 44 looking like he's in better shape than leonard fournette so i'm i'm positive that tom brady will get through to leonard fournette i also think today like you said man it was a hot day he he will sweat it out. There's no doubt about it. This was a wake-up call. This was a wake-up call. Today was that kind of day where it was like classic training camp day. Hot, humid, no breeze, and sun out, and, and you're baking out there. So uh, I, I think that today was, was that oven day that some of the players needed that were either new to Tampa or 
a player like Leonard Fournette that needs to shed some weight, um, you know, you, you baked today when you're out there, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. With that question, I'm trying to think, you know, I would say for the most part, like outside of Tom Brady and, and Mike and, and Leonard Fournette, most of like, most of the players on the roster, at least participate in one of the OTAs or, you know, one of those sessions, yeah. whether the media was there or right. we weren't. But I remember I Donovan Smith even saying that even though we didn't see him there, he did attend a couple of the OTAs. And, and he, you know, he looked like he was the normal Donovan Smith. So that was one of the players we mentioned yesterday, along with Leonard, we were going to keep an eye on in terms of their weight. You know, we, we, our, our concerns were validated by Leonard Fournette, but Donovan Smith looked like he was in, you know, tip top shape. I, I didn't have any issues with how how he looked. Uh, he did take a knee a couple bit, but I mean, a yeah. couple minutes. But he's he's a big guy, man. Three hundred and thirty five pounds, three hundred and forty, whatever he plays at. He's he's a big dude. And we just mentioned how you know Leonard coming back and Tom Brady's going to hold him accountable. We spoke to Leonard after. Obviously, you just saw the first video, but Leonard told a very funny story. You know, he got asked about where were you when Tom Brady came back and and everything like that, and. So when Brady on retired, Leonard Fournette was still a free agent. So he was making yeah. the rounds. He was looking at a couple other teams. And if you guys remember, he went on that trip to New England to visit with the Patriots. So yeah, I, I don't know exactly how long that timeline is, but Brady called him while he was in New England and pretty much said, what's your ass doing over there? You know, right. and, uh, you know, yeah. as soon as Tom Brady came back, it was all right. It was all right, Leonard. Let's uh, let's yeah. get you back to Tampa. So here is Lombardi Lenny talking about that. Uh, I was just shopping around, man, just seeing what, what best fits me, you know. And uh, when he signed back, he called me. He's like, man, what your ass doing up there, man? I'm like <laughs> <laughs> trying, to figure, trying to figure some things out. So uh, he signed back, and uh, it was no brainer, you know. Why wouldn't I go back? It was up there that I was New England. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've heard. Uh, just Lombardi Lenny just yeah. he was a he was yeah. a great interview yeah at, he's, listen don't don't hate on on Leonard right I mean um you know we used to do the Leonard what are you doing Leonard <laughs> you know when, when he was struggling learning this offense and, and and running into the back of offensive linemen and missing holes and stuff and, and he got better I mean he had a good year last year I, I don't have a problem with them re-signing him and it, again he's a big man right there, there are some some big players on this team, Vita Bay is one, right? Where he, you know, you're you're naturally disposed to be a big guy, and you'd love to see these guys stay in shape year round. At the same time, I mean, they're human beings just like everybody else, right? And my weight fluctuates. Uh, same with Leonard Fournette. Again, don't sound the alarm bells right now. I am the last person that should be talking about like weight and getting in shape and stuff like that. So it's just something to like keep in mind. I think every year. There's always like a player or two on every team that yeah. is the weight is kind of an issue. Obviously, Trevor Sikama, Peter Report alumni, had one of the greatest tweets of all time talking about Kelvin Benjamin. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can yes. you can go and look at <laughs> look true. it up. But when Kelvin yeah. Benjamin went to I, I I can't remember if it was like one of his last years in Carolina or mm -hmm. when he went over to Buffalo, but uh he gained some weight and that was obviously yeah. A big he story. looked more like a like a fat tight end than a than a wide receiver. So yeah, I, remember, I do remember yeah. that tweet from uh, from from Trevor. Yeah. Um, also, too, uh, congratulations for Trevor Sycamore getting engaged. 
you know, to the lovely Alyssa Lang. Uh, so, you know, we, we know, we noted that on Twitter a couple of days ago when it happened, but congrats to our Peter report alum and family member who's now over pro football focus doing his thing. And that's awesome. And, and now, you know, uh, we're super excited that, that uh, there's some nuptials in the air. So um, great, great question here from Jay uh, Anitra. Scott, who was the most out of shape player you've ever seen show up at a Bucks minicamp? <laughs> Boy, uh, the great thing about me covering this team for 27 years is I've seen it all. And the bad thing is I've forgotten about half of it because I'm so old now. <laughs> so, um, the, you know, Vita Vea, I mean, he he looks so big. I know he's going to shed some weight. And again, with these big guys, too, and I've talked to some some of these players. You know, Will Golston's a guy. He said he's 318 now. Will doesn't look 318, but no. he said he's 318. A lot of these guys, they literally lose 10 pounds of, of weight uh, when when they hit the field. And if if you're a larger person like me, I mean, I, I've, I've been, you know, north of 250 way back in the day, hover around 212 right now. I've been up, you know, last year, fall, I was up to two, 225. So, uh, you know, you, you can kind of fluctuate. So some days, you know, you're up five pounds or down five pounds. But when you're this big, when you're those, you know, these big offense and defensive linemen, it's not uncommon for them to literally shed 10, 15 pounds a day. Now, some of that's water weight for sure. But at, at the same time, um, it, it's, it, that's just how it is. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's part of being a big man playing football. Now, Warren Sapp in, in 1998, Warren Sapp was, you know, in 1995, 96, 97, he was 300, 305, 307, maybe he shot up past 330 in 1998 did not have a good year uh played a role in the buccaneers going eight and eight that year so that was that was certainly an instance where sap really ballooned up so i would say that was one of those those years that that really kind of caught my eye was 1998 with sap and then of course the next year he's back down to 300 pounds wins the nfc I should say NFC. He was the NFL defensive player of the year that year with, uh, I think, 16 and a half sacks. So I, I, I've i seen it before and we'll see it again. And, uh, you know, again, don't be alarmed by guys like Vita Vea and Leonard Fournette. Uh, they've got time to lose the weight. It's something we're going to keep an eye on. Remember last year, Matt, uh, and, it's, and it's tough because we didn't really see it because he's, you know, a 6'2", 200-pound wide receiver. But Tyler Johnson was under the microscope by Bruce Arians in training camp last year. Uh, he didn't report in good shape. He was winded, didn't really perform well. And you know what, Matt? It kind of carried over into the season because there wasn't much separation ability or yards after catch ability from Tyler Johnson last year. No, there wasn't. He was one of the first people when that question came up that I thought about it. And not that I even in my own head was thinking, oh, like Tyler Johnson looks that overweight. But I do remember Bruce talking about that so that's why you know it jogged my memory there speaking of bruce Arians, he was at that's right at um mini camp today it was the first time that we've seen him in in his quote-unquote new role and new role new hat for bruce uh, normally you know we, we've seen him with the custom yeah exactly there you go he's got more of the uh the farmer hat the straw hat as you want to say bruce didn't really normally rock that when he was the head coach he still had his signature golf cart but it yeah. took us a couple minutes to be like wait is that 
Is that actually Bruce? Like he's, he's lost a lot of that. weight. He really yeah, lost too. a lot of weight. And, you know, so retirement, you know, semi-retirement, he's still working, but yeah. on his own terms, <laughs> but, but, you know, semi-retirement looks great on Bruce. He's lost a lot of weight. I noticed that about uh, a month ago at the Arians family foundation gala. When I saw him, it, it was just shocking. And again, Bruce is one of those guys too. If you're a bigger guy, you know, you understand, uh, Bruce could put on 20 pounds and lose 20 pounds. They always say that the first 20 pounds is the easiest to lose. Then it gets harder after that. I can attest to that. But Bruce really looked trim today. And at first, you kind of did a double take. You're like, okay, the the goatee like looks like Bruce. Is it really Bruce? It, it's Bruce. Uh, so it was good to see him out there. Now the senior uh, assistant to general manager, uh, Jason Light, that's his new role. And interestingly enough, I mean, listen, he goes way back with a lot of guys on the staff. He actually coached some of these guys at Temple, guys yeah. like Todd McNair and Todd Bowles, et cetera. But he spent most of his time not standing by Jason Light, not standing by Todd Bowles. Where was he standing, Matt? Standing right by Byron Leftwich. Yeah, I can't get the offense out of his system. <laughs> he wasn't, he's given a, a lot away, you know, obviously helping Todd Bowles elevate you know, his status into another head coaching role. But yeah, Bruce was out there right there with the players. He can't give everything away. I'm sure he misses a little bit. And I'm sure there are times too, where Bruce just wants to be like, you know, no Tom throw this way or look that way, or, you know, (laughs) run this different route, but you gotta, you gotta kind of control it a little bit. And, um, you know, and let Todd Bowles do your, do his thing. And if you want to do your thing in terms of uh, sports betting, the best place to go and do that would be, with mybookie.ag and you know we're right in the middle of a huge huge playoff series with the bolts and the rangers this is game four of the eastern conference finals so you got that in the stanley cup finals in the next round the nba finals is going on right now and of course as we move into summertime you got baseball as well too and there's 162 games of a baseball season and that can feel like a grind at times but you can put excitement back into each and every game with my bookie there's run lines money lines props galore first inning no runs if you want to bet on the mets the mets are one of the best teams in baseball they keep socking the ball you can bet on them and nobody gives you more opportunities to win than with my bookie getting started is simple you deposit up to a thousand dollars and play with $500 instantly. Just use the promo code PEWTER to claim a MyBookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using the promo code PEWTER to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway, all the way up to $1,000. So bet anything, anytime, anywhere, with my bookie. And again, that promo code is pewter. Scott, one of the uh, other players that we saw today and for the first time as a Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Buccaneer was Akeem Hicks. And we got to speak to him after I thought, you know, obviously we've seen him as a player. Haven't really gotten to, you know, speak to him yeah. too much overall, but I thought, um, he, he was a very interesting guy. I thought he had a yeah. lot of great things to say when it came to, you know, just what his role is going to be on this team. And he was open and honest too. He's like, listen, I'm still digesting all of this information. You know, yes. I'm just learning Todd Bowles' defense. I'm just, you know, learning all these new teammates that, that are on my team. But I don't know. I, we're not going to see too much in, in terms of just a defensive lineman, what he's going to bring 
in mandatory minicamp. Again, that's going to go to uh, a training camp when all the pads come on. But I'm very excited and intrigued to see what Akeem Hicks can do in this Buccaneers defense. He's a big man. Listen, uh, you can look at at the weight on Buccaneers.com, and it says 324. I don't think he's 324 at all. (laughs) Um, As we learned from from Tristan Wirfs interviewing him earlier this this offseason, right? Tristan Wirfs said that he played at 345 pounds, Matt. Last year as an all-pro, pro bowler, Tristan Wirfs, 345. And I confirmed that with him at the Arians Family Football uh, Foundation Gala. I said, did you really mean it when you said you're 345? He's like, yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. He's like, last time I was 320 was like back at, at Iowa. So sometimes those weights can be a little misleading. The other thing too, Matt, is, is – the roster, right? The Bucks roster when they gave that that out to us today, the actual uh, paper roster had him at three fifty two. And Matt, I think that's probably closer to his actual weight than three twenty four. He's a big dude, but carries it well. He does carry it well. That that's one of the things I noticed too when he was running around. He obviously looks gigantic, and it's crazy he's going to be lining up next to Vita Vea because you're, you're just talking about two gargantuan defensive linemen that are just going to dominate might be a little bit strong. They have to prove yeah. it first, but I, it feels like the sky is the limit when it comes to Hicks Vita Vea, and you throw Logan Hall in the mix there too. And you know what you're going to get with Will Golston. So <laughs> I just think they're building one, uh, uh, you know, a forest of players of just tall trees that are going to yeah. get a lot of PBUs. And obviously, just a lot of big boys up front. I think it's going to be great for the defensive line. Here's Hicks talking about playing with Vita Vea, who he said that, you know, he's a player that he's followed for a little bit of time here in Vita Vea's career. Vita Vea lining up next to you and the one-two punch you guys can have inside. I've been watching him for a couple years, and, and one of the things that I love that he does is push up the field. You know, he, he disrupts that pocket quite a bit. And um, it's something that um, a powerful uh, guys that play with power, like myself, we admire you weren't able to play last. He's 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 a big dude. Uh, he plays big. Vita Vea right next to him. Then you got Logan Hall. You got Will Golston. Um, I mean, Logan Hall is the smallest guy at two ninety, but he's still a big man, especially at six six. So I I think the dynamic here, and we've kind of talked about this for a week or so now since they they've signed Akeem Hicks, Matt. Is when you look at at you know Indomitian Sue and Steve McClendon, that was the the three tech players last year, the, the starter and the backup. Mm-hmm. You have Raheem Nunez Rochez, who's more of a backup nose behind Vita Vea. Steve McClendon is you know was thirty six years old now, and Dominican Sue's thirty five. Akeem Hicks is when he's healthy, he is still a top notch defensive tackle. As uh, Josh Capo from Pewter Report pointed out, and uh, on his grinding the tape, and I'm going to drop that in the chat here too. That's definitely worth reading. If you have not yes. had a chance to read that, I'm going to put this in the in the chat there. You can click on the link. The tape on this guy is phenomenal when he's healthy, and and he's you know he's missed some time. 29 games over the last three years, had three and a half sacks last year, but. This is a, a dynamic player and, and a big player 
that I think is really going to be beneficial to Logan Hall. And it's going to take some pressure off Logan Hall too. And I asked Todd Bowles, I said, is he coming in to, to be a rotational player? Is he going to be a co-starter with Logan Hall? And Matt, I, I think that the answer that we heard was that training camps can ultimately decide how many reps Akeem Hicks is going to play and whether he is going to be a co-starter with Logan Hall. I wouldn't put it past these guys to almost split those three technique reps half and half. And I feel so much better now having an experienced three technique defensive tackle, a big body who can get in there, stuff the run and still get after the quarterback uh, in, in the passing game. I, I like what I I see from this front office making this move. And I think there's a couple more moves left to be made on this roster. Signing Rob Gronkowski is another one, but I love the move of, of signing Akeem Hicks and, it's going to be a great interview and a great mentor for Logan Hall. Yeah, and I think, too, this isn't a knock on Steve McClendon. But, you know, when McClendon's in the game, it's just like, all right, he's okay at stopping the run. If he sticks to his job, the defense will be fine. Yeah, the, the, They can function with him in there. With Akeem Hicks and hopefully Logan Hall, but we expect them to be, when either of them in there, if they're, if they're not in together, which they still could be in together, yeah. but when, let's just say Hicks, for example, when Hicks is in there, it's like, oh, he can do, like, he can do business, you know? He yes. can do something when he's in there. He's going to get after the quarterback. He's going to get into the backfield, stop the run. When healthy, he's going to continue to make plays and hopefully live up to, you know, a Pro Bowl cal- caliber player that he once yeah. was. So I think that's really important when he's coming in, he's going to make splash plays, but I also think he's going to be that mentor to Logan Hall. And everyone's so high on Logan Hall uh, yeah. across the board, whether it's Warren Sapp, whether it's Ryan Jensen, I know whether it's Will Golston when he appeared on our show. Yeah. It was talking Akeem about Hicks him today, talked about him favorably and li- like the athleticism and the length that Hall brings to the, to the team. I think you're exactly right. And uh, the other thing too, that Hicks can do is not just play that three tech spot. Hmm. He can also go in, and you might even see a lineup of Vita Vea on you know in the middle on one side, Logan Hall playing that three technique, and Akeem Hicks playing that three I four I defensive end spot yeah. when Will Golston needs a, a breather too. So not only will you have not any drop off at all when Logan Hall exits for a couple of, of plays when you have Akeem Hicks in there at the three tech spot. But if Hall is in there and Will Golston needs a breather, you can see that lineup in there too, where Hicks will sub in at that defensive end spot that plays that three I four I technique. And, uh, and again, you're not going to have a drop off. Um, and there was some drop off with Steve McClendon. I mean, he was a, he was a backup defensive tackle, right? Just like you have mm. a drop off when Vita Bay is not in there. It's not like Nacho's bad, but Raheem Nunez Roches is just, he's not a pro bowl nose tackle. Well, it's funny, Scott, because I want I was going to say that Nacho deserves a shout out because he had a great practice today. He had an awesome practice. Yeah. And listen, we all understand Nacho is loud. I would say him no. and Devin White are the energizer bunnies no on doubt. this team. But Devin White, you know, he's a captain, he's a starter, he's on the field every single play. Yeah. Nacho is a different type of energizer bunny because he's not in all the time, but he still gets you know a fair share of, of snap counts. Yeah. But when Nacho was in, you know he's in because he's loud. And so it wasn't surprised that when Nacho made a play, he was noisy. But he was like even 10 times louder than Nacho normally is. So we're talking yeah. loud 
loud. But yeah, Nacho had a, we'll call it a would-be sack. Right. He can't hit the quarterback yeah. in this, but he got right in the backfield. And it was like two or three plays in a row. And mm-hmm. I feel like for Nacho, we talked a lot about Logan Hall, everyone that we, we've just recently spoke about. Yeah, Nacho's not always in that conversation because he's in a reserve role and he's back of defensive lineman. So it almost felt a little bit like Nacho was like, hey, I'm still here too. Yeah. You know, I'm still <laughs> right. making a contribution That's to right. this team one way or another. So it was really cool to see for Nacho because, sure, you know, when you're – I know it was a second-round pick, but when Logan Hall is your first overall yeah. pick yeah. on the team, he's going to get attention. Akeem Hicks, a big defensive lineman signing. Um, he's obviously had a, a pretty good career. That's going to get talked about. Will Golson going to his 10th year had his most career sacks last season. So we're half, talking yeah. About a, yeah, another another great season for Will Golson. I'm not saying Nacho's getting overlooked because you can't really overlook a, a guy that's, you know, a backup player, but mm-hmm. he really put an ex, more of an exclamation point than Nacho usually does when he makes yes. a play. Nacho was really in there getting loud and um it's good. He's always well, going to set the tone, which I it, think it has great. to eat away at this guy too. He's been in Tampa three years. He does not have a sack, right? I think he's got a one career sack uh, in in Kansas City, and yeah. and you know you, you see guys like Will Golston get four and a half. You see Vita Vega get four. You know you're thinking, you know, what can, can I buy a sack? Can I can I like put some cash in the guard's pocket to like let me in and and get the quarterback? And he's dying to get a sack. He's a he's a run stuffing nose tackle. He's a reserve. I get that. But it, Pat O'Connor had a sack last year, man. Yeah. Pat O'Connor <laughs> had his first sack. So, uh, you know, Nacho wants that. And uh, so even in practice, listen, anytime Nacho can get near the quarterback, he's going to celebrate. Folks, we're celebrating the fact that we're almost at 8,500 subscribers. Our YouTube channel is growing super fast. Mm-hmm. Thanks to you guys. You pewter people are awesome. We greatly appreciate it. So do us a favor. If you're watching this live or if you're just watching the podcast version and you're doing it on our on YouTube, go to our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV. Hit the subscribe button. It's free. There's no subscription cost. It's free. Hit the subscribe button and then hit the notifications button. We do these Pewter Report podcasts Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday throughout the offseason. That's going to stay the same this, this summer until we get to training camp. Then we'll switch up the dates and the times depending on the practices, but that notification, when you click on that, that button, that's going to notify you every time we go live. So you're not going to miss a live show. And we'll do some at some different times around the Bucks practices. We might do some, some primetime podcasts. We'll certainly do that during the season as the Buccaneers will have some, some games at one o'clock. They'll have night games, et cetera. So make sure that you are hitting subscribe, hitting notifications, and and most important of all, hit the like button on our videos. What that does is that boosts our algorithm and it gets us in the search engines more so we can find more Buccaneer fans like you that might enjoy our our content. So make sure you're hitting the like button. We greatly appreciate it. Soon we're going to be at 8,500 thanks to you on our way to 9,000. Scott, I think a really intriguing thing that Akeem Hicks spoke about as well too is the benefit of not all of his career, but a majority of his career, he's played with great quarterbacks. Yes. You know, he played with Drew Brees. Then he got to play with Tom Brady in New England. He's going to play with Tom Brady again here in Tampa. He went to Chicago, didn't have the, you know, the, the proper quarterback situation there too. But right. he was talking today about, you know, the overall just 
how lucky he is that he got to play with some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and how much that helps a defense when you have a quarterback that one, most importantly, is going to score points, but two is going to hold on to the ball, kill that clock. If you have a lead and really just command this team. And Matt, you know, in, in 2015, he spent three years with the saints, then 13, I'm sorry, three games with, uh, with the saints that year, three, three years with the saints, but three games that year. Then he went to new England for 13 games in that 2015 season to play with Tom Brady. They got so close. They lost at Denver in that NFC Championship game. So I think Akeem Hicks, who has played with the likes of Drew Brees in New Orleans and Tom Brady before in New England, I think he wants another shot at a ring, and he knows that Tom Brady's the quarterback to make that happen. Um, one of the biggest things bringing me to Tampa is a chance to win. Um, I would say that uh, happy to be here, happy to be back with Tom. Um, I, I know in that quarterback position, you always got a chance to, to win a game with a guy like that. So. Uh, that was one of my reasons for being here. Also, all the uh, weapons that we have on defense. How frustrating a complete team. I um, something I thought of often is that uh, you know, when I came into the league, I had Drew Brees and Tom Brady were my first two quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and then I went to Chicago. It wasn't yeah. Drew Brees and Tom Brady. We'll just say <laughs> that, right? And um, so uh, it's um, I feel spoiled. I feel spoiled to have somebody on the other side of the ball that can deliver all the time, and he's proven it over the years. Is that a draw, Spencer? It's just kind of everything fell into place with Tampa. No, definitely. It was definitely a draw. I, I would say that, um, you know, it benefits a defense to have a quarterback that can control the clock, the ball, and the field position. And um, that's what we have here. I know you're still getting your bearings. And Matt, not to mention, it helps the defense when the offense is averaging 30 points a game. And Matt, that was the magic number during the Bucks Super Bowl run in 2020. When this team scores 30 points or more, they usually win, man. It's like, you know, that was the case in all of the postseason games and actually every game down the stretch after the bye week, they put that many points on the board, I think with the exception of the Vikings game. But every game, those last seven games, including the Super Bowl, they put 30 points on the board. That was the magic number. They've averaged 30 points per game. And and, uh, when you look at, at both of these seasons combined with Tom Brady and, you know, Matt, had they gotten 30 points on the board against the Rams, would have gone overtime or maybe won the game. But as it turns out, the team that got 30 points was the Rams. But, yeah, I think he's exactly right. There's there's no substitute for having a great quarterback and a great offense on the other side of the ball because it always gives you a chance to win. You're always in the game when Tom Brady's on the other side of the ball. And the beauty of it, too, is with the change of Todd Bowles to head coach, I still don't think the offense is going to change that much because you yeah. have Byron Leftwich there, Brady's back. Obviously, Chris Godwin's health is something that we will be monitoring until the day that he steps back onto the field for practice or a preseason game or regular season game, whatever it may be. But outside of that, the most of the, the offense is still intact. I understand that they're going to have two new offensive guards, but Shaq Mason is very well established and Again, the whoever wins left guard is going to earn it, all right? It's not going to be like, a, ah, well, we have no other choice but you, Aaron Stinney or yeah. Luke Gedeke. So either way, th- that position is going to be well-earned. Russell Gage, obviously a, a great um, compliment to the receiver group with A.B. gone and if Chris Godwin's not there. So yeah. I still think, you know, as you said, it was the magic number last year, 30 points. I, I still think I don't see a drop-off in that. At all, especially when you add in Rashad White when he comes back. And, you know, 30 is that magic number. You add another zero, yeah. that's 300. That's the magic number when you're bowling because that's a perfect game. And if you're going to go bowling, 
the best place to do that is at Pin Chasers. There are multiple locations, as you see on the screen here, East Pasco, Zephyr Hills, Midtown Tampa, and Veterans in Tampa. There's one pretty close to the Advent Health Training Center where the Bucks practice, but, you know, this isn't your just your typical bowling alley. Um, it's a great place to go to for a night out with your friends, for a night out with your family. If you want to book your kids' uh, birthday party, they have all the lanes, but they also got an arcade area too so the kids can go and play. The food is very underrated. Go and play video games. The food is very underrated. Great pizza. The nachos are awesome. Uh, you can get chicken tendies as well too. So a lot of different options there. And another great thing, of course, is all the different specials that they have, whether it's all-you-could-eat pizza, Dollar Miller Lights, all-you-can-bowl, the brunch over the weekends. A lot of different options, and they're changing it too. So make sure you go to pinchasers.net to reserve a lane and find out that information or book a party as well, too. And the owner of Pin Chasers, Anthony Peroni, is a huge Bucks fan. So if you're yes, going to is. Pin Chasers, you are supporting a fellow Bucks fan who is a season ticket holder and will be at the games again this season. So pinchasers.net and find out all the information that they got going on. Matt, I think you're, you left off one of the most important things about Pin Chasers as we approach summer. It's air conditioned. It's yes. indoors. There's, <laughs> there's no sun when you're not at the beach and you're you're not you know at the pool. Man, get to Pin Chasers. It's air conditioned. It's it's a great place to bring the kids and your family or date night and uh, and get out of the sun and get out of the heat. So that's that's the cool thing about that. You know, the, the, here, here's the thing too. You mentioned Rashad White, him joining the mix, right? Of of Tom Brady and um, and all that. And we saw Leonard Fournette today. Listen. Uh, if Leonard doesn't get in shape, Rashad White has made enough of an impression from what we've seen to where he could steal some some snaps, some some reps, as long as he gets the pass protection down. And Tom Brady and Byron Leftwich can trust him. You might see Rashad White out there in the field. That's that's Rashad having to get his work done in order to earn that right. And it's Leonard Fournette. You know, if he doesn't uh, get in shape and if he slips up a little bit, uh, Rashad White might be a guy. That could it could definitely get some carries. You know, Rashad White made some some noise a little bit earlier this summer on a podcast when he talked about how he wanted to come in and start. He didn't want to come and just sit on the bench because this is a guy that came from the junior college ranks to Arizona State was was a starter right away and had a great year last year, a thousand yards right on the nose, fifteen rushing touchdowns, averaged over ten yards per, per catch with forty three catches, including a touchdown. Um, Rashad White is not one to be taken lightly, and uh, at the same time, I don't think that Leonard Fournette was was bothered by his comments, though, Matt. No, he was not. And here's Leonard talking about that. Rashad White at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, a lot of guys. I mean, of course, uh, I see people making a big deal. You say you come to start. I mean, that, that has to be your mindset. That was my mindset when I first came in. You know, I respect it. You know, what I mean, uh, he's a great guy. I met him uh, a prior a couple weeks ago. Just talking to him. You know. Uh, He's very, uh, he wants to know how to be the best, you know, uh, what tips can I give him? So I'm working with him. I think that really shows, and, and Leonard Fournette over the past couple of years, and he even referenced it, you know, the conversation he had with Bruce Arians when he wasn't a starter, yeah. thought about leaving the team. We've talked about that a lot. Leonard Fournette talked about it today, too. He, he just said, like, you guys all remember this, you know, conversation on the plane with Bruce Arians. But I think, again, this shows even more, maturity from Leonard Fournette. Obviously he's very confident in himself. So I think that goes into it too, but yeah. he's like, yeah, you know, I would have the same mentality where I want to go 
and be the starter. And the fact that yep. he's going to help him too, he's not worried about losing his job. I think he's very comfortable that he, he's going to be the starter. Maybe a little too comfortable right now, <laughs> with the yeah. way, but he'll get that. He'll get that down by training camp, uh, yeah. as we talked about. But I don't know. I thought it was cool to see that they're already establishing a relationship, and we'll see them on the field together tomorrow. See if Brady starts uh, yeah. throwing it to Rashad White's way. But I thought right. it was, you know, it was encouraging what Leonard Fournette had to say about uh, Rashad. I, White. I agree. And and listen, uh, we're going to have Leonard on the podcast at some point in time, right? Uh, we've we've kind of been talking about that. We've already had Will Golston on two weeks ago, Cyril Grayson on. We're actually going to trying to get Rashad White on as well. He's, he's uh, I think, going to be a, a really good guest. And we're going to have Leonard Fournette on. Well, you know why? Uh, because we like Leonard. We think he's a damn good player. Leonard likes to talk. He's a great quote. And he's also signed up with Celsius, you know. And, and um, you know, I'm glad that he hasn't signed up with Hostess as a <laughs> endorsement deal. Um, but uh, he's, he's a Celsius athlete. So we'll have Leonard on and we'll have a, a good conversation. And, you know, we might uh, – you know, we might have Leonard do a, a clip. We'll have might have him watch some of his clips, and he might do a me rather than yeah. Leonard. You know, <laughs> we, we we he might be doing some of those as well. Uh, but at the same time, too, it's like um, you know that Colts game, four touchdowns. I mean, there's there's been a lot of really good uh, Leonard moments as well, and I, I think those around the corner. Listen, he Leonard's got Tom Brady on his ass. He's he's got uh, Rashad White nipping at his heels. Uh, and that's going to be the case in training camp too. White is, he looks the part, man. We've both been impressed with him. Yes. Every single person I've talked to in the building, all my sources are raving about this kid and what he can do. He's he's not a, a speed demon, flashy guy that's just going to have a, a breakaway 60-yard touchdown run or anything, but he's just smooth, man. It's like, yeah, he's smooth. He's silky smooth. There's something about him. It's a little bit like Le'Veon Bell. You can kind of see it out there. The patience how he just sets things up. Uh, I, I'm really interested to see this kid when the pads get on. We always talk, Matt, about the offense and defensive linemen, how we can't wait to see the the battles in the trenches when the pads come on in camp. I can't wait to see this kid. They don't do a lot of live tackling, you know, take you to the ground type of, of uh, practices in camp. But we are going to see this kid, you know, punch out of some tackles, slip some tackles, break some tackles too. That's what I want to see is, is how physical this guy can be because I like what I've seen so far in this flag football thing they got going on with OTAs and mini camps. I was going to say, I'm probably most excited in terms of the rookie class. I'm probably most excited to watch Rashad White when the preseason gets here. But yeah. the Bucs also had two joint practices this year with the Dolphins That's and right. Tennessee Titans. So we'll get to yeah. see him against other competition even before the preseason yeah. game, which I think will be fun. And I also, I think you agree too, like he's going to have a role in this offense, maybe not yeah. as a starter, but he's going to have an impact one way or another. Do sure. we exactly know yet? No, I think we all expect it to be in the passing game, but he's going yeah. to provide something to this team. He's going to get some carries now. I mean, Ronald Jones yeah. got some carries too, so he's he's going to get some carries in that mix. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn's going to want his as well. It's going to be an interesting training camp battle behind Leonard to see you know, which one of these backs is really going to take over that number two spot and and then, you know, by default, push Leonard to become an even better version of himself. Uh, one notable thing, too, is we're talking about rookies. You know, Kate Otten was, has not been practicing. So uh, obviously no Gronk today. We, we won't see Gronk signed until training camp, I'm sure. We hope to see Kate Otten in training camp, I think, with him not being able to participate 
due to the recovery of that uh, ankle from ankle surgery last fall. I think training camp is when we're going to see Kate Otten. Uh, the other rookie that that we want to see is is Luke Gedeke, but it, it should be noted, Matt, that from all of the reps we've seen so far, and that was the case today, Aaron Stinney has gotten just about every starting rep, right? I, I think yes. uh, it, and the OTAs and everything, It's I, I don't want to say this is Stinney's job to lose, Matt, but it might be Stinney's job to lose. It's looking to be that case because we talked about the the battle royale of you know offensive linemen yeah. lobbying to get starting left guard, and it, it was Stinney, it was Robert Haynes, it, in no particular order. Well, Stinney yeah. is the starter, but Stinney, Robert Hainsey, Luke Gedeke, and uh, Nick Leverett. And we've seen so far, Stinney has been getting all the first-team reps at yep. left guard. Uh, Hainsey has went back to starting center. Um, right. That's Hainsey, number 70. 67 yes. is, is Gedeke. He's yeah. the rookie. Gedeke's been getting that second-string left guard reps, getting those reps. And Leverett has really just been with the third team, you know, getting, yeah. you know, sparingly getting an opportunity so yeah. and again a lot of a lot of things can change as you know training camp goes on and things right. like that but it seems as of right now it's pretty clear cut that Aaron Stinney is the guy for the job and we'll see yeah. if he holds on to it there's a long way to go without the pads on um but obviously he's got experience playing there Ryan Jensen spoke a, a little bit about that today what he did on the Super Bowl run so um continuity I don't think you really have to worry about um He'll be a full-time starter now, but it's not yep. anything that Ryan Jensen or the Bucks offensive line hasn't, you know, dealt with before or experienced. Exactly, folks. Uh, what do you think? I mean, that's probably the best Peter Report podcast we've done. It's going to be tough to top what we did today, tomorrow, but we're going to try. We want you to come back at four o'clock Wednesday here on Peter Report TV and make sure that you do that. And also, we would be remiss if we didn't say, "Go Bolts!" Pull Go Bolts! Score <laughs> lightning. That's what we want to see tonight. We want to see this series get evened up against the New York Rangers tonight. I know we have some Bolts fans out there that are pretty excited about uh, the game tonight. So we'll leave you with that, Bolts fans and Bucks fans. For Matt Matera, I'm Scott Reynolds saying we'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. out. Let's go, Bolts. Go, Bolts.